Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Keisha Green, that's my lady, yo. If you can tune in, it's the way to go. Educated author with major goals. I've been coming right here, you have the place to be. It's a boy, get mentored, and it's all for free. Ooh, we, and you know where it's at. With Miss Green on the right side of the chat. I write with a purpose, so everything is worth it. An educated platform, something you can work with. Readers, yeah, come over here. Come and get the info from some of your peers. Hello, open line, yeah, we got open air. Talk what you love and express what you fear. Afraid to lose, but born to win. Hey, Miss Keisha, yeah, we're trying to go win. Come on. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Writer's Life Check. This is Keisha Green. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I hope that everyone had a very peaceful and happy, productive day thus far. Yes, I did too. Um, Before we get into, you know, the norm, but I just want to let you guys know that if you would like to call into the show, the number is 718 508-9827. Again, the number is 718-508-9827. Also, if you would like to post questions, the chat room is open. You just have to create a profile on the Blog Talk Radio page, and um, you can post the questions there. Otherwise, you'll only only be able to see what's being posted. You won't be able to post yourself. And if you would like to tweet me at Keisha Green or inbox me on Facebook at Keisha Green, I will read your questions and comments on the air live tonight's show. We will be chatting with author and bookstore owner Cynthia Scott. She is repping Arizona. So Arizona is going to be in the house. But, yes, um, Cynthia has an amazing story, a wonderful testimony. Like, you want to talk about someone who turned a negative into a positive, like just a, um, just a little backdrop. You're talking a former drug addict, ex-con, kidnapped victim, stripper, all of these things, and yet she still um, is here. She has a powerful story. She is energetic. She's inspiring. She's motivating. There's like so many words to describe Cynthia. Um, I can't wait to chat with her. This is long overdue. She, um, Her and I have been Facebook friends for many years, and it's just wonderful. I've watched, you know, her come out with her first book in rare form, and now she's back with her new book, The Willing. So, yes, bookstore owner. Um, Her proceeds from her store go to help women in transition. I mean, she's an all-around phenomenal woman. So I am super, super excited to talk to her. So if you would like to talk to Cynthia, please call in, show her some love. Again, the number is 718-508-9827, or tweet me or Facebook me so I can read the questions to her. Tonight's show is being sponsored by Peter Mack's latest release, Cop and Blow. Definitely go one-click that. If you are a fan of street-lit drama, sex, money, murder, all of that stuff going on with a phenomenal storyline, check out Cop and Blow by Peter Mack that is available on Amazon. You can one-click it, as well as go to his website at www 
PeterMacPresents.com, and you can find out about all of his other titles as well as his signature apparel line, which is Peter Mac Presents. So definitely check out One Click Cop and Blow by Peter Mac. So, yes, it's Monday. We're in 2017. Got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I always ask you guys, what are you reading? Tell me. I want to know. Tweet me. I will read it on the air and let other people know if you got a good book. Also, I want to let you know that Literary Jewels, the website, it is up and running. So check it out at www.myliteraryjewels.com. Big shout out to Janita Jackson on the awesome logo that she did for the Literary Jewels um, webpage. Thank you, Janita. Also, I want to um, give a big shout out to Aaron Bebo with New York Shorties. Um, if you guys tuned in last week, you heard us. Um, we announced about the anthology. It was released last week. So definitely go over there and get it. It's on Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, Nook, all of that. New York Shorties. Four stories with a New York um, theme. It's some um, street lit, urban fiction. So if you're a fan of those, you want to read something new, check out New Shorties insert my shameless plug because I'm one of the feature authors in the anthology. So show Keisha Green some love and check out New York Shorties. Also, next week, if you are an aspiring writer and you're not sure what you want to do after you finish, you know, writing your book and you've had it edited, you went and did your copyright, you um, are possibly entertaining the idea of self-publishing or trying to shop your book around to a major, I will have Dawn Michelle on the show, and she will be dropping some jewels. So if you want to know what does it take to get picked up by a literary agent, what does the publicist expect from the client, definitely tune in next week. Because Dawn Michelle, she's a literary agent and publicist, and she will be on the show. So please, if you have questions, you can email them to me in advance, and I will read them to her, and we'll answer all of those questions. I think it's going to be a phenomenal show because um, her literary jewels with my literary jewels is just going to be one dope, jeweled-up show. So definitely next week, tune in for Dawn Michelle. But like I said, tonight we got Cynthia Scott, and I'm super excited to talk to her. I want to know what everybody is reading. I know last week I mentioned um, I had started Sheree Whitfield's book, Sheree from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I am currently still reading it, and it's juicy. It's juicy. I'm like halfway through. Um, Wives, Fiancés, and Side Chicks of Hot Atlanta by Sheree Whitfield. Definitely, if you're looking for a page turner, you know, something scandalous, definitely. Um this was this is this is good. She got some drama here and I don't know, one of the characters, I don't I don't know. She sounds like one of the girls off the show. I won't say no names, I wanna give no spoilers or anything, but definitely, um if you wanna um, you wanna check out her book, um, Sheree Whitfield's book and also for you writers that are looking to um part of an anthology, um, Monique Hall is having um, has open submissions right now for her latest anthology. It is called Black Girl Magic, and what she is looking for is she's looking for five hot stories. Theme is Black Girl Magic, and she wants you to submit um, your manuscript. She's looking at twenty four, excuse me, twenty five k words. If you have a short story, then definitely, definitely hit up Monique because she has. Um, she has some stuff in store, but yeah, she's looking, if you're looking to um, put out 
to be featured. Or say you want, you have a short story, you're not really sure, this is the perfect opportunity. So definitely, definitely check that out. Um, Monique calls on Facebook, and she's calling for submissions, 25,000 words. Um, The deadline is March 1st, 2017. So definitely, um, and she's giving um, $500 to the five people, and they have a – opportunity to be featured at the Essence Festival this year. So there's some incentive to get writing. So definitely check her out what she's doing over there. Also, there was um, there's something else. There's some other books that are out. Um, it's slipping my mind right now, but I need you guys to go out there and show some love to these authors that are dropping me some reviews on Amazon. I've been listening today and going in and out of different groups, and that was one of the conversations about book reviews. So I guess my question would be for those out there who are readers, when you read a book, do you post a review? Why or why not? As an author, I'm going to say, come on, we, you know, we love reviews, rather good, good or bad. We want to hear something. So it's how, you know, we grow as a writer. We want to hear, you know, constructive criticism. You know, we don't want to hear all of that, you know, the bad stuff. Well, you know what, let me take that back. If the book is not great and you didn't enjoy it, I I encourage feedback on that, you know, on that part of it. But, you know, something, leaving a review on Amazon saying, I hated this, this was the worst book ever, like, that's not really a book review. That's your opinion. And just because you felt that way, what if the next person comes along and they liked it? So, you know, that type of thing. But I encourage everyone, um, good or bad, please post a review. Reviews help authors. It helps with the ranking of the books with Amazon and then, you know, Amazon doing their promotion of books. You know, you know, if you've ever got an email from Amazon, that's how it works. It's based on reviews and the type of books that you purchase, the type of books that you um you know, that are, that are, you know, being recommended to you. So definitely post a review. But like I said, that's my question. If you are an avid reader, do you post reviews? Why or why not? I would definitely like to hear some feedback on that. So that could be our, um, our hot topic question. And, you know, what I'm going to ask Cynthia as well, you know, because before we were authors and entrepreneurs, we were readers. I'm still a reader. You guys know that I do my um, reading for Literary Jewels, and I post it on Goodreads and Amazon as well as the Literary Jewels website. So as a, as a reader, I'm always posting a review. Once I read it, no matter what, whatever genre it is, um, I'm going to post a review about it because you never know who it might help or, might, you know, check out that book. And as for my fellow author friends, like if they send me their book and I read it, I definitely post a review because you need feedback. You definitely. And me, if it's um, – I've only in the years, in the 10 years of being in the industry, in the nine years of reviewing, I've only had one author ask me not to post their review. And that was like – if I say I've been doing this for nine years, that was maybe eight and a half years ago, only one time. For the most part, when um, I post a review – if it's something that I might feel like is a two-star or three-star, I hit up the author directly beforehand and say, this is the review that's going to be posted. You, If you're okay with it, this, that, and the third. And nine times out of ten, they're okay with it and we go. But I don't really – I will say that the books that I've been reading, I haven't had to post a two-star, you know. So it was that one time where that was a one-star and it was, eight, you know, it was like eight and a half years ago. The writing has improved, and it is what it is. That's what I do. But, yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, I got Cynthia Scott on the show tonight. You can call in, 
888-646-9827 with your questions or comments, or you can tweet me or Facebook me, inbox me, and I will definitely, definitely take your call or take your questions. But, yeah, I think my guest is here, and so we can go. Yep, my guest is right on time. So let's get this show started. Hello. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Hi, Keisha. How are you? Hey, Cynthia. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my goodness. This is long overdue, Cynthia. Come on now. <laughs> been on here. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> Better late than never. I'm glad to have you on the show. I want to jump right into it. Cynthia, um, The Willing, that's your latest release. Tell me, like, when I was reading the synopsis, I was like, ooh, this sounds good. Tell me why it took so long for this book to come out. What was going on the behind the scenes with the storyline and why you wanted to tell that story? I really wanted to tell that story. I don't know if a lot of the listeners have ever read my book, In Rare Form, which is really a true story and it's a true crime. And in the book, In Rare Form, which without giving a lot of it away, it has to do with a violent crime that happened to children. So Mm. I thought about it and thought about it, and I thought, wow, what would a parent really want to do or someone really want to do if that happened to them? So I watch a lot of crime shows. I'm like a big fan of Law & Order and all types of stories like that and IDTV. And I just started, Mm -hmm. and all of my children are in the medical field, so they're oftentimes telling me stories about um, different things or different things that have happened to people or how they've been found. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a story about that. And I was working in an office when I started writing the story, and I would see a lot of the people walking around the office, and I, would just, and I just thought about their character, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to incorporate a lot of people that I know from my own personal life and just make, and just make a real mystery out of it. So um, in, The Willing is a story about a female, it's a profile of a female serial killer. And the thing mm-hmm. about the serial killer is it makes it, it, it's a matter of question as to, when you finish reading the book as to whether or not you feel like that you want something that you feel like she's right or wrong. It kind of changes and checks your moral compass on just how you feel about killing. You know, everyone always says all the time they are willing, oh, you know, I believe in this so much I'm willing to die for it. Well, there's a lot of things I'm willing to die for, but how many things are you willing to kill for? And that's the real question of it. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Now, let me ask you this, Cynthia. You know, um, urban fiction, street lit is like a popular genre. You know, it makes a lot of money. You're talking about crime, you know, murder, suspense, mystery, that type of realm. What made you want to go into that genre with your book? Well, to be honest with you, um, I have a lot of respect for the urban fiction genre. I have a lot of respect for it. Um, personally, I lived it. I lived some of that life. So, And there are a lot of people out there telling those stories. There are not a lot of black women who are out here telling stories that can cross over right. into the history line. So I wanted to do something different. You know, I'm always looking to do something just a little bit different. So I didn't want to write an urban fiction. I've never written an urban fiction story. I didn't want to write an urban fiction at all. I wanted to write a book that someone could pick up. And I, I, I firmly believe in this, 
I, in this metaphor about the face of reality, I'm not sure if you know that, but it, it, it stems from Maya Angelou's poem, The Mask. And in The Mask, she mm-hmm. describes how we wear the mask. Um, I myself, I have a picture at my home, and it's called The Face of Reality. And on The Face of Reality, it's a black woman, and she, and she has a white face on her, and she's peeling it off. And the story behind mm. it is that this woman was very powerful, and people would talk to her on the phone in different places, and they all thought she was white just because no one could believe she was so powerful as a black woman. And the face wow. of reality is peeled her face, peeled that white face off, and they saw that, wow, all this time they had been worshiping her. She was really a black woman. And so that's my theory on doing the willing, which is why I didn't include my picture on the book or anything. I don't want people mm-hmm. to read the book mm-hmm. by the color of my I want them to read yes. my book by the death of my story. Mm. And how interesting, or not even coincidental, that on um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day that you said it just like that, to read my story. Basically, don't judge me by the color of my skin. Just read it. Just read it. Like if I gave this book to you with no cover and no back and just the pages that I printed it out of my computer, you wouldn't be able to judge it. You'd have to read it. And, you know, take it in and make your own, you know, judgment call. So I commend you for that, stepping out of what's considered the safe zone. Let's do what's safe. Let's do what everyone's expecting us to do. But to go out there and say, no, I'm going to try something a little different. So was that something, you know, you mentioned, you know, this goes back in time and what you, you know, something that you wanted to do. But at any point did you think, okay, well, what about, the other readers who may not gravitate towards it because of that exact reason? Because of the exact reason that they don't know that I'm black? You mean like maybe the urban fiction readers? Right, right, right. Okay, so here's, here's, my, here's my, actually my summation of that, is that I feel as okay. though, and, I'm, and, and I mean, we all should feel good about ourselves and maybe, and I'm not stepping out on a limb bragging or anything, but I feel like I'm a good, a good beautiful black woman, you know, and I feel that I'm very supportive, not just my people, mm-hmm. but other people as well. So I feel like that my followers who do read urban fiction, that they, and, 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 and my people that are black should support me because I'm black and respect that I'm mm-hmm. trying to cross over to open up doors that may not have been open to me if my picture was on the book and I broadcast it as an urban fiction as an, and as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So very, I very good. Like, I like that answer. Did, do you understand what I mean? I, I, I feel like that. Definitely. It's just, a, and just as far as even like with you, Keisha, you know, very supportive of everything. I, I mean, I've called you, we've chatted, we, you know, went back and forth on doing different stuff. I, you've went through a couple mm-hmm. of book covers with me, you know what I mean? I was like, no, no, no. Because yeah. originally I did format it almost as an urban fiction. And I then I changed it right in the end. I changed it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Went back in, read the whole story, a story that had taken me three and a half years to write. I went back in and redid it because I decided, no, I'm not going to do the same thing. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go where I mm-hmm. want to go with this. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I kind of think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I always pose this question to authors. Okay, so we as African-American authors, 
with whatever we stick on that cover, if we put a black woman on there, a black man, or anything that has color, they automatically stick it in the urban box. It doesn't matter what the book, the book might be about serial killers, but it's going in the urban box because there's a black person on it. Let me, my question is this, if a publisher came to you today and said, Cynthia, I really love your story, but I want to do it, but I want, could you make your characters white and we put a white person on the cover, would you let them do that? Why or why not? Okay, that's a cold-blooded question. And so, <laughs> because, you know, being married to the grind, you kind of, <laughs> you kind of touch it on my green. <laughs> but but let me just talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, said, you rub it on my green, you know, and I want to be honest about it, and so let me be honest about it. Number one, one of the things that I did change in my book was that I did not put black or white people in there as much. So the people okay. that are described, when I describe the people, you can almost make them any color you want because they, they, that's the way I, I, I really describe them as this tall black girl or this short, dark-skinned girl. I did them with cream color, caramel. Things like that, okay. or a light, or even one of the one of the girls in there. The character, she actually is a black girl, but the way I described her hair, you would never think so. So you kind of, mm. you, you know, you could kind of go play with that. I write books because I love to write, but I also write books because I love to spend money as well. So I'm going to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest with you, and my book does have a price on it. And so if the right price comes to me, and people may not like what I'm going to say, but if the right price comes to me and they say, Cynthia, can we put a white girl on the cover and make all the characters white, and here's a check for 100 grand, I'm going to say, go ahead and put Blondie on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. I know it's right. (laughs) Everybody can talk all the principles and principalities and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm a writer, and I'm going to write another story. Mm -hmm. No problem. Yeah. I want my story to right. be heard. I don't want my story to be seen in a, as a color. So if, it, if, if changing the mm-hmm. color would make me not accept a check, oh, no, not to mention Mr. Nickel City would be like, girl, you better get on that board. <laughs> <laughs> Who you selling? Like, for real, unless any of y'all are going to be cutting me a check that I'm going to miss out, y'all can't tell me nothing about no, right. no no deals that I could possibly be making. Unless you compensate me for taking this loss with that publisher, mm-mm, whatever, you can talk about me all you want. Spell my name right, K-I-S-H-A, and I'll see you at the bank. I'm going to cash right. my check. Okay. <laughs> Not at the club, but at the bank. Because at the end of the at day, the I'm going to be able to get me even a better computer I'm going to have the freedom to write an even better story. And not only that, I'm going to be able to open a door that I can walk through. And then after a few of those, after a few of those contracts, I'll be able to say, no, I don't want to put her on the book. As a matter of fact, I think right. I want to put me on this book, and I'm going to have that kind mm-hmm. of power. You got to get your foot in the door first, you know. You got to get your foot in the door before you start, you know, do, you can say that. Like, no, I want to keep it a black woman. But at the beginning, if they're saying and they're, you know, the numbers are right, hey, you do what you have to do because, you know, people will say, um, oh, she sold out. Did she really sell out? Right. <laughs> okay, well, that's okay because at the end of the day, you know, um, I, 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 have, I have to pay that rent. 
You know what I mean? So that's the way that Thank is. You. Actually, you know, part of the advice that I took was from one of my mentors, which is Dr. Mullen. And Dr. Mullen was the one who told me that, hey, Cynthia, I'm going to send this story to someone, and I'm not going to tell them whether you're black or white, and let's just see if this is a crossover or not. It may be. It may not. If it's not, we'll put the Urban mm-hmm. Fiction cover on it. If it is, we're going to change it, and you're going to have to rewrite the story. And when she hit me back and told me the description of the person they thought had written the book, I knew then that it was a crossover. Oh. See? Because they thought that go. I was white. And I, the thing mm-hmm. that the, one of the things that were different was when I when my book, and it's just so amazing what you said because it's so true, and I think a lot of authors don't even realize this, is that my other, you know, when I put the first cover up, I didn't tell anybody. I put it up on Amazon, and when I put it up, it was in the urban fiction section. When I went down to other books that were recommended that were along that line, they were all urban fiction books. After I changed the cover okay. and changed the book, and the book was up about a week. I went down to the bottom of the page to see what other books they recommended, and they recommended other books mm. like John Grip, different type of suspense mm. writing, different stuff. And I said, okay, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to cross over. And if crossing mm. over is selling out, I'm, I'm sold because I do this for a living. I'm not just doing this because, oh, I love to write. I love to write when I was in high school and grade school. Right. I want to write for a living now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm, a difference. Mm-hmm. It's a difference. Like we're going from hobby to career. <laughs> like right. it's a difference. I want to be compensated for my time and my talent. So, I mean, definitely. Now let's shift gears a little bit. But, um, you know, of course, congratulations on the release, and I wish you, you know, continued success with it. Um, let's talk about African-American literary, the industry. What is your opinion on it right now? Well, I'm just going to be really honest with you, um, Keisha. I stay so much in my own lane. My, you know, as mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I have a, have a store, a clothing store, bookstore. So we are so much mm-hmm. in our own lane that we don't fraternize. And I use that word lightly. But seriously, mm-hmm. we don't fraternize really with other African-American writers, other Caucasian writers, other Mexican writers. We don't fraternize with any of them. We're so focused on getting our own stuff out there that I don't even get into all okay. that. I am a strong believer in positive vibes. So if I could go on okay. Facebook and I'm down my timeline and I start seeing this, that, this, that, girl, I just keep on going. Because mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't have an opinion on it. I, you know, I don't know enough about it to give you an opinion on it because I don't get involved in it enough. If it's a, a writer that, you know, that I, um, that I communicate with on Facebook or I communicate with anywhere, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to inbox them. Hey, I want to get some of your books in the store. They're good. You know that's how I get down, Keisha. You yeah. know what I mean? Your yep. books are in my store right yep. now, and they sell. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. they sell. Yeah. So. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm focused on. Oh, hey, this looks like a good book, honey. Let's see if we can contact this writer and get this book in our store. That's what I concentrate mm. on. I concentrate on real writers who are trying to make their money, and I respect that. There you go. There you have it. And I will add in that she pays because a lot of authors 
I, uh, you know, me doing literary um, consultations with people. And when we get to the discussion of bookstores and, you know, exposure and, you know, getting their brand and their books out there into different states, that's the biggest gripe. Oh, the bookstores don't pay, uh, don't pay me any money. They, you know, they take my book and they won't pay me. Then I got to chase them. I want to say that Cynthia does not do that. I've never had a problem with Cynthia. Cynthia needs books. I send books. It's just that simple. That's, that, that's how it works. It's like a well-oiled engine. Everything is fine. But it is sad that some bookstores out there do take books and not pay the authors. So as a bookstore owner, um, how do you, like, what are you, what do you offer different, I guess, that would, to, I guess, maybe my question is to reassure the author, you know, to take a, take a chance? Well, let me just tell you, this, this is one of the things is that, <clears throat> to be honest, is that at this point, you know, um, James and I are kind of trying to synchronize things a certain way. So mainly what happens is, is that I kind of find the books a lot of times, you know what I mean? I, I'm, a, I'm a reader. I read a lot, you know. So I find the books, and I'll go to him and say, hey, you know, Amanda Lee has a good book out. You know what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. contact her. And I may contact her and send her over to James. What we do is when these okay. authors, when people buy your book, see, I know how important it is to get the word out. So a lot of times, if, if the reader will allow me, when they purchase your book in the store, I'll take a picture of, hey, I know that author personally. Do you mind if I take your picture with the book and post it? Mm-hmm. No, no She problem. does that. Yep. Let yep. our authors know what the books are selling. And when you call, contact us for your check, we also let you know that it's on the way. We deposit in your bank account, send you the check. Or in some cases, you know, in some cases, we actually do pay authors up front, depending on who they are and what type of and how quick their response is. You know, because not only mm-hmm. that, books don't just jump off the shelf. You know what I mean? Right, we got to sell right. so If they're selling our yes. store, we sell books. You know what I mean? There are a lot of times I post mm-hmm. videos or something, and even like with you, Keisha, and I'll tag you in it, you know, hey, Keisha, I'm getting ready to post a video about the store. I got your books in there, too. Can you share this? And it's shared on your page so I get more response. So absolutely, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep paying this author because now we're, we're networking. We're marketing. You know what I mean? It would be a right. bad business on a lot of these bookstores when they don't pay an author. You know what I mean? Because right, authors right. know authors. You know what I mean? So it's a whole right, little community. Right. You know, if you don't pay me, I'm going to tell everybody in the group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we definitely believe and it's not even. I, it's not even, I want to, you know, I want to um, interject right there where, you know, you made a comment like, and, you know, authors know authors, and they're going to tell everyone in their little circle. And it's not – I don't want it to be misconstrued as, oh, now the author is being messy. I don't view it as being messy because if I went to Joe Blow Bookstore and they didn't pay me and Cynthia gets on the phone with me today like, Keisha, I'm thinking about sending my books over there to Joe Blow – I'm not being messy by saying, wait a minute, honey, I haven't got my money. You might want to tread lightly or, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I'm just telling you what happened to me. You know, I didn't get paid. And it's up to you whether you want to go ahead and do it. That's just like going, you know, and 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 then to be honest, because it's just like if I go to a restaurant and while I'm in the restaurant, they call me a nigga, and you tell me you're going out to eat with your husband over there. I'll be like, whoa, let me tell you something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so now, Same so, thing. Not only did they, 
you know, so it's not even the fact that I let a, I would let somebody else know because it's not even the fact that whether or not they're going to pay you. It's the fact that they have disrespected our industry by not paying one of us. Yes. When you don't pay one of us, you, right. you have disrespected our industry. And so no one should support you. That's how I ride. If you tell me, if you yeah. tell me, oh no, yeah, I'm telling you they didn't pay me. Oh, they didn't pay you. Oh no, I'm not dealing with them. Uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm not gonna give them the pleasure, right. even if they want to put me up front. I don't even want to deal with them because they disrespected our industry. And yes, and I think that if a lot of if we all viewed it like how you're viewing it, it I don't. I think that it would cause it to kind of stop because a lot of people have the attitude of, well, they ain't pay Cynthia, oh, they gonna pay me. Okay. No, we're not going to deal with our industry. Right, right, right. And I think I think you being an author first beforehand, you know how it works. So you're like, no, that's not. It would be an insult if it was you. You know what I mean? So you got you. You know, you kind of have the advantage there, knowing being on both sides of the you know the coin, like the author, the bookstore owner, and what have you. But I do appreciate you for, you know, putting it out there and, you know, cleaning, clearing that up on your end for your bookstore and what people can expect from you, that it's not, you know, that might have happened in the past. And I, I know where there – I know plenty of authors where it's happened repeated times from different bookstores. So after – so it happened four times – the fifth bookstore says, oh, I'm not going to do that. They are going to be a little bit reluctant. But I like that you said that it, you and your husband, it's like, I see it, I speak to him, we contact, and we go from there. So when you're reaching out, you, you already know that you're interested. It's not that they're just going to send you some books and we'll see if they sell. No, because my husband is very particular, for one thing, and he is not going to accept everybody's book in the bookstore. We're, we're not, you know what I mean? It, it, just to be honest, if it's not going to sell, why are we going to take up the space? Because not only do we have books there, we have clothes there as well. So we have, you know, a lot of space for everything. We want the best of the best on everything from the clothes to the books, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. any just contact us, we, you know, um, I wish you well in all of that. And, you know, if you say, hey, well, let me just send you one, one book and see if somebody wants it, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But I am not taking an order. We, we, he, he's not going to take an order from everyone. Not everyone can bring. We have authors who have actually came in our store. And my husband would be like, ah, you know what, that doesn't seem like it's going to be a good fit for us. Okay. And I would so rather that than have your book sitting there and then people, you know, then the page is getting dirty. And you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. stopping your money. So I would rather your books be in there and get sold. You know what I mean? Be attractive mm-hmm. in there. You know what I mean? Because just because it's not a good fit for me doesn't mean it's not a good fit for the place down the street. You know what I mean? For right. you could get your money. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to block your money. I want you to make your money, even if it means that I don't have a part of it. Mm, I like that. I like that, Sophia. That was that was definitely dope. So of course, of course, your bookstore has all of your titles. So how cool is it when people come into the store and they pick up the book and they find out it's you? Girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I'm worried about coming in and picking up and finding out it's me. 
nine dollars me. Because one of my questions when I ask you what size dress are you looking for is, hey, are you a reader? <laughs> like one of my favorite questions. As soon as they bust out there, oh, really? what kind of books you like to read? And then I start taking them there. So we actually let everyone know because another thing that we also do at our store at Nickel City is if people, any of our customers that have a loved one in prison, whether it be your sister, brother, boyfriend, husband, mother, father, we ship books to the prison for free to any of our customers. Wow. So, so, so we definitely, because we want, we want to do something for our community. And so James is real strong on that. So there are a lot of women who come in our store, and when they come in and we talk to them and we tell them, you know, what we're about, and, hey, ask them about, do you have a loved one in prison? You know, I listen to their stories. I'm in a community where there are a lot of stories in my community, and I listen to them. I tell them my story. They tell mm-hmm. me their story, you know, and we talk. And so when we find out they have loved ones in prison, James tells them, go get their, book, go get their booking number and come back to the store. And he sits on the computer right at that moment and send them a book. So we definitely try to keep wow. in touch with our readers as well as our shoppers. Wow. And how long has the store been open? We've actually, Nickel City itself has been open for two years. Um, the location where we're at now, we've been at that location on Valentine's Day, actually. We'll be at this location for a year. Um, we were at another location and just, you know, it was a, another thing of the race card. So we were at a location, and mm-hmm. we were between a, 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 a rental center and a place with a guy, a plant shop, that had been there for about 30 years, and they just didn't appreciate us being in there. So they did everything they could to prevent us from making money, and they were successful. They would block our wow. stores with trucks and all kinds of stuff. Oh. So finally we just decided that we we could fight the battle and, you know, file the lawsuits, mm-hmm. fight the battle. Or we can pick up and move on because we want our store to make it. We don't want to get into We're not here to fight a right. legal battle. We're here. We're trying to do something in our community. So we moved literally probably about less than five minutes from there. And it took us to a different okay. demographic. And the store literally within a week we had did more in that store than we had done in a month. And so actually kind of Valentine's Day is a really special day for us because we don't sell it. We don't get into the holidays and stuff. So everyone was celebrating mm-hmm. Valentine's Day and everything. And James and I were sitting at home. We were like, you know what? Let's go move into our new store. So we literally got in our cars, not a truck, got in our cars and made about 25 trips back and forth and moved into our store. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Talk about determined. <laughs> so that's how wow. we celebrated our holidays. We're like, it's nothing more. This is a love holiday. This is this is nothing more powerful than doing what we love today. And that's we're gonna get our Absolutely. store ready. Yeah. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Like you were doing something that you love and that's gonna generate some 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 money from it. So yeah, y'all can y'all can have the cards and the candy and the flowers. I'm work I'm working on my store so I can open up the business. What? Right, because we were literally, we had been at the other place for almost a year. It was a money pit because of that. So we, it had literally practically broke us, you know what I mean? So all we had was mm-hmm. our merchandise. We didn't have all that gift money and all that. We had merchandise and gas. So we were sitting around looking at each other. We were like, you know what, let's do it. We got in two separate cars. He got in his car, got in my car. We drove over there and just started packing it up. 
it was the powerful thing about it was is that while we were moving, that even there was a lady who was on the corner selling teddy bears and stuff, you know, for the holiday. And all these different people uh-huh. in the community are getting involved. Like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, hey, we're trying to move our store. We don't have no truck. We don't have no money for no truck. So we're just moving it in our car. Hey, I'll help. I got a truck. So then people just started helping us and loading stuff. And, hey, and then bartering with other people. Okay, we'll give you three pair of jeans if you'll move this racket. You know, and it just turned out to be a wonderful thing. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Talking about community involvement, like, wow, and I bet those same people who helped you frequent your store now. Right today, right today. So, you know what I mean? It's right today. So it turned out to be like, you know, I looked up, and James would be coming back, and he'd have somebody following him. You know, I'd be like, who is that? Oh, hey, baby, yeah, I told these guys right here if they do this, you know, we'll give them these shirts. We'll give them (laughs) them. <laughs> yeah, so literally, we were moving from like eight in the morning to about eleven thirty at night because we were literally moving in cars and stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow! But the fruits of your labor now a year, you know, look at it. So Valentine's Day has a a real sentimental um, meaning for you guys. Y'all were right. you know. You y'all were moving into your store, okay? So, um, with the um bookstore, do you host book signings? Yes, we do, and we would like to host more. The thing with hosting book signings is is that we need authors to get up and show up. You know what I mean? Because we're okay. there, we're available, and not only are we willing to host the book signing, we we're, we're willing to throw some pizzazz with it. Like, you know, you're gonna do a book signing, we can do a fashion show with it. You know, our dreams are big and our things wow. are big, and we want, we want to just, just do a bookstore. Like, the reason why we have the clothing store is because we both wanted a bookstore. You know what I mean? I mm. wanted a bookstore to sell books out of. But we knew that just books alone wouldn't make it. So we needed right. a clothing store that sold books as well. So that was our theory in that. The same thing is true with the book signing. A lot of times, unless you have a large following in that city, you may need to add a little pizzazz with that, a spoken word or, or something, a fashion show. Well, we have clothes, so we're willing to do the book signings and authors can book. We're not trying to rob them. We're not trying to take their money. We're going to benefit from that business as well as they are. So that's how we look at it. You know, you're doing your books, we're going to be doing our clothes while the book signing going on. Let's do this. But we need authors to get up. And a lot of times I think that sometimes people are waiting for you to reach out to them. I reach out myself Mm -hmm. and try to get the job done. And that's what I would suggest authors do. Friend me on Facebook. Friend my husband on Facebook. Go go on our Nickel Mm -hmm. City Clothing and Book page. Let us know you want to do a book signing. We're going to make it happen. Okay. Y'all heard it here first. If y'all are going, you know, planning on going out to the Arizona area or you're going to be on that side of town, whatever the case may be, hit them up. They would love to host you for a book signing. So, I mean, yeah, you got to – the bookstore is not going to call you and say, would you like to do a book signing? So you got to call the bookstore. You got to reach out to those people. And you guys, you – um. Y'all are doing it. So, yeah, definitely. So now shifting gears again, going back into the book, what is one thing that you would um, say that readers are going to take away from The Willing? I think that what readers are going to take away from The Willing, The Willing is is a well-edited, well-written device. If you're in the medical field, 
you're going to take away the fact, the respect that I did all the proper research. I have um, mm-hmm. two of my children are One's in LVN, in LVN school. One is actually on her doctorate. So I did a lot of, you know, coinciding back and forth with them. I did all the research. I did all the research on a lot of things. The one thing that you're going to take away from the willingness is it's just going to be in your gut. It's just going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, what would I do if this was going on? You know, you're going to take away respect of a woman. She's a woman who owns a business. I'll give you that much. She's a woman who owns a business. She's powerful, but she's not willing to die for something. She's willing to kill for it. So Ooh. you're going to take that okay. from the book because a lot of times just having money and power does not make you happy. Sometimes you have to nope. do what you need to make you happy. And there's a twist in the book that's really going to throw everybody for a loop. There's a deep twist in the book that involves other people, and you're going to be like, okay, i got to choose a side. So it's very difficult to choose a side in this book. You know, um, even like wow. Dr. Mullen told me that. After, she said, you know, there are times when I was going through your book that I had to just set the book down and think, like, my God, my moral compass is, is going the wrong way here. You know what I mean? I'm a good person. Why am I thinking like this? She said, it's very, very trying on your moral compass. And that's what I wanted people to take away. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to write the book of the white boy serial killer who killed all the mm-hmm. people because of the disease. No, it's not that type of book at all. Not, not even okay. close. This is a powerful okay. wow. woman with a cause. And she's not, and mm. it's just not a, being a serial killer. That's the thing. So that's what I advertise because I don't want people to know the real twist of the book unless you read it. Okay, gotcha. So well, one question I would have is what would you describe Cynthia's writing style as? One word that best describes it. Woo, boy, Keisha, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you be coming with the deep stuff. <laughs> Let me see. Gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching, yeah. okay. I actually okay. um, all of most of my um, most of my books are emotional. Um, I've I've mm-hmm. had countless 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 emails, and I speak in prisons all over California concerning my book in rare form, which is actually a true crime, and it's my story. And what I get from everybody that reads it, and every email I get is they tell me that oh my god, you know, I was crying, I was laughing, I was screaming, I was mad at you. Oh, my God. And in the end, a lady, matter of fact, told me the other day that she finished my book at work, and in the end that she jumped up from her desk and was like, yes, she said, and had to catch herself because she realized I had finally made it. So I would say emotional. All my books have a lot of emotion in them. Even this book is very emotional because it will break you down. You're going to cry when you read The Willing. You're going to be very angry when you read The Willing. And you're, and depending on your moral compass, you will either be happy or pissed off at the end. Oh, wow. I recommend wow, it to wow, anyone. Wow. Actually, it's an extremely deep book. It's an extremely deep book. I took a long time to write it, you know. My husband was so, he hates all those Law and Order crime shows and Snapped and all that mm-hmm. stuff and forensic stuff. But when I finished it and he was looking through it, he was like, wow. I, I had no idea wow. my mind worked that way. <laughs> You know, so. it's like okay, just remember that. 
know, but yeah. Yep. So it's going to be emotional. It's extremely emotional. You're going to cry in this book. Off the very top, you're going to cry. And I, then that's mm-hmm. the way I take the readers. In every one of my books, I do it. My first book, I included a lot of poetry. There's only one poem in this book, and it's in the beginning, and okay. it's so powerful that it's going to take you all the way to the end. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so now what else is in store for Cynthia? Well, right now what's in store for not just me but actually for us is that we want to, what we're looking to do with Nickel City is we want to make Nickel City a brand not just in Phoenix and not just where we're at mm-hmm. right now. What our goal is is we want to be a household name and be known all across the United States. So we're looking to expand, expand us a store maybe to Oklahoma, to Georgia. There's a couple of places that we've kind Ooh. of pinpointed that we put Nickel City in. What our store is about is it brings such a community value. We're not a nonprofit. A lot of times people come mm-hmm. in and say, hey, you guys, are you guys nonprofit? You should be nonprofit. Give the, 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 the. And we say, no, we're not nonprofit. We're out of pocket. You know, we've both been to We've both been to trenches. And we know what it takes. I know that when you walk out of the penitentiary and, the, you know, they're telling you all this stuff that they want you to do, and you're trying to get a job, you don't have any clothes, they give you these vouchers for goodwill and stuff, how much powerful is it that you're able to walk into a fancy boutique and pick out anything you want to wear, and the owner says, here, you can have it. Here's your start. You can have it. Here's some under week. You can have them. So it does something for your self-esteem. James and I both believe that when our community works, we work. So if we and, – and, and it's proven itself – over and over, we, it's so many stories that I can tell you. A lot of times I even post them on Facebook of people, of women. I One woman in particular that I gave an outfit to on her, which she was, came in for a pair of flip-flops. That's all she had money for mm-hmm. on her way to an interview. I gave her an outfit. She ended up getting a job, got a really good job, paid oh. $26 just by coincidence, ran in my store crying, and she shops there right now. <gasps> you know, oh my because goodness. of that one free outfit. So she's working, I'm working. See, because when my community works, wow. I work. When my community is working, they're getting a paycheck, and they're coming to see me. You know what I mean? So I don't mind giving them something to get them started because somebody gave me a start. You know what I mean? And I know that that's powerful. So we both believe in that. So we put 55 cents on the end of each of our items of clothing, and we use that. When we, in the beginning, we would donate, you know, tons of clothes to the different sober living homes, and we realized we weren't doing any good. You know, James um, would take, take boxes of clothes to different sober livings, and then one day we found out there was a person that lived at a sober living that we knew personally, and they weren't able to get mm-hmm. any of the clothes. And James talked, and we were like, oh, no, that's not right. No, if somebody needs something, they walk in the door at Nickel City, and we'll give it to them ourselves personally. And so we want to oh, use that goodness. model to build more, more stores. That's our thing, is we're always reaching to build another store. We have tried other things. You know, we had a men's store for a minute. It just didn't work like the women's store do, so we shut it down. We're not scared to put our money where our mouth is. I know that's right. Wow. Um, So now let's dig a little deeper. You know, you mentioned you and your husband and, you know, being incarcerated, coming out, knowing the struggle. Tell our listeners a little bit of your story and why you are so passionate about helping those 
with reentry and helping them with the clothes and just you know giving a you know giving giving a helping hand. Well, um, in, 1980, in 1987, um, uh, my children were the victims of a horrific crime. Um, and when I found out they were, they were, it was a horrific crime. So my children were brutally victims of a horrific crime. And although they survived, I did not. So I walked in the bathroom with a spoon and a needle and a bag of heroin and symbolically stayed there for over 23 years. So I was a heroin addict for over 23 years. I was arrested over 17 times. When I did, when I walked in to do my last bid, I had it was my 17th time in, that I had been arrested. And um, so during that arrest, over the years, you know, my kids and I became distant because of my heroin addiction. And on the last bid, right. there they came to visit me and said, "Hey, you paid for it. You know, you paid for this over and over and over. You know, you're going to have to walk away." And so my son um, actually um, is the one who helped me walk away. I was in California, just got out, and he called me and said, hey, I tell you what, if you get here in a week, I'm going to give you a condo you can live in. You just got to walk away from California, Mama, and start your life all over again. And I said, oh, man, I can't start over. You know, I got this house that I had before I went to jail, and I'm going to stand. He said, Mom, just walk away. I promise you there's something better waiting for you out here. And I did. And I got on a bus, on a Greyhound bus, about a week later with a box of used clothes from the Goodwill. I had $180 on a food stamp card. I had about 15, 20 bucks in cash. Got on the Greyhound bus. He picked me up at the Greyhound station. And as we drove through a tunnel coming from downtown, he said, hey, this is our tunnel. Once you go through this tunnel, Mom, I don't ever want you to look back because you're smart. You can do it. You can make it. You can make something mm-hmm. really big of yourself. And I never looked back. So oh my, my thing is, I met and I met James a few years later. I, him and I had he he um I met him actually in all for one authors group in Keisha's authors group. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love it! I love it every time you say it. I love it. Like who would have known? Y'all was supposed to supposed to be in there getting those literary jewels, and y'all over there boo loving. Wait a minute. <laughs> So I love James, you know, I like James from the minute I started talking to him, you know, he was in, he was, you know, he was in the writer's thing, you know, and he hit me, I hit him and I asked him, you know, hey, is this a, is this an urban fiction book, you know, and he said, no, it's not, you know, it's, it's a mystery, and I was like, yeah, right to myself, you know what I mean, and he, and I read the book, and the book was so good, I contacted him, and was like, oh my God, your writing is so good, and we just talked every day, so we literally I literally met James at the airport in person, and a month later we got married, and we never looked back. Oh my goodness! And I love, I love that you guys. It's like you guys are both in sync with one another. Like just even as I'm listening to this interview, there was not a moment that you did not involve him. It was like James is on the interview as well. He's getting his props. Don't y'all think I'm single? I'm happily married. Don't get in my DM. I don't want to fool up with y'all. I'm taking. He's mine. I'm his. Like, I love it. I love it all. So, oh, my goodness. that's It's wonderful. I love to hear stories like that. I love black love. I love love, period. So um, that is definitely cool. And, and no, I think and we had that. the same dreams. We were both writers. We had the same dreams, you know. 
And, um, and mm-hmm. from the moment that I met him, I actually went to the airport to pick him up and just immediately jumped up in his arms. And he said, we're never going to part. We're going to be together for the next 30 years. And I laughed about it, but it ended up being true. But one of the things that he told me, he was, I was like, oh, I got this dream. I got this dream. And he was like, I got a dream, too. Just hang in there. I'm going to make this dream, these dreams work out. And so, actually, they have. You know what I mean? So, it's not like it's without consequence. You know what I mean? We work together. We mm-hmm. live together. We eat together. We sleep together. We grind together. And we fight together. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. stay together. That's the thing. So, you exactly. know, so none of that even matters. We stay together. So. Exactly. There's nothing that y'all two cannot handle or solve. So definitely. Wow. That is awesome. 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 So now have you ever thought about the two of you doing a book together, like a husband and a wife collabo? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, we were thinking about doing, I, I keep telling him that I actually really do um, want to do want to do this book together called Blind Justice. So mm-hmm. him and I probably are going to do this book called Blind Justice. My um, just to give you, we talked about it, and I kind of started on it. And so actually, what Blind Justice is about is about <laughs> this is going to blow you away. But this is about one of them. One is a prosecutor, one is a judge, and one of them is a serial killer out of the two. And because they're married. Ooh brings in that where you can't tell on the other one. So, and it's figuring out which one of them is actually a serial killer. What? So blind justice uh-uh. is something that I'm going to be working on Ooh. probably. And I'm going to get this book off the ground real good, shop it around, my book, The Willing, and in about six months I'm going to start on blind justice. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That sounds good. Ooh. <laughs> that was really good. Look, I'm speechless. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, the judge, the serial killer, like, who is going to be? Like, I'm sitting here thinking, well, the judge wouldn't do it, but if the judge did do it, the judge probably know how to get away with it, but it could be the other one. Uh, Y'all need to write that book because I won't read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll probably be writing it because James don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> he hates stuff. Like, that stuff is twisted. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Well, Cynthia, I want to say thank you so much for being on the Writer's Life Chat. As I tell all of my guests, you are welcome back. Any new releases or literary news that you want to come in and pop in and, you know, speak to the listeners and what have you. I appreciate you and all that you do for the African-American literary community with your bookstore and with the gift and the talent to write the books that you're writing. And like I said, wishing you much continued success. Um, Before I let you go, is there, you know, you want to give a shout out of how people can stay in contact with you? Yes, I absolutely want to give a shout out of how people can stay in contact with me, but I also want to give another shout out as well. I want to let the um, listeners know that if anyone who has listened today on here on the show, and if you inbox me and have one of the answers to one of the questions that Keisha asked me, that I will send you a book for free. Okay. There so you go. That's what you I heard it there. And if you're in Phoenix, you can stop by my store and get a free gift. You can find me at Nickel City Clothing and Books, and our address is 2802 East Thomas Road. 
We're in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, you can also find us at my husband actually is also a publisher, and he's the one who published my book. And it's Nickel City Publications, LLC. So you can also look him up at nickelcitypublications.net if you're interested in publishing a book. He's always open for that as well. He won't publish everyone, but there, but he definitely is open for ideals. And you can find me on Facebook okay. under Cynthia Scott. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Cynthia. And I'm going to say good night to everyone. And I will speak to you offline, Cynthia. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Writer's Life Chat. Good night. Good night. Okay, so you heard it here. We were just chatting with Cynthia Scott of Nickel City in Arizona. That was a great show, like I said. Today's show was sponsored by Peter Max Cop and Blow. Go one click that book today and have a good night. And I will see you guys next week. Bye bye. <laughs>